Storehouse Dallas. I want to talk to you this morning um, really about the prophetic, about Jesus. When Jesus came, there was so much prophecy. You know, we are a house of prayer. And so we're a house that prophesies. If you pray, you can prophesy. If you are connected to Jesus in a meaningful way, you will learn how to hear his voice. And you will have the privilege to be able to give his voice and his words to other people. And so uh, I love how uh, the Lord, all throughout his word, this book is a book of love, but it's also a book of prophecy. And so all throughout this word, he began to tell us in the Old Testament, here's how I'm coming so that you can be watching, so that when I show up, you'll say, that's right, it's you. We've been waiting, and you've come like you said you would come. And so I just love the word. And, um, and so God said to us through his word that he so loved us. He so loved me. And he so loved Joseph. And he so loved Matthew, and he so loved Lindsay, that he gave his only begotten son, that his son would come and restore us back to the Father. And I love how he introduces baby Jesus, and he begins to say, listen, this is the living word, the word that was made flesh, the word has now become a son, and he put it in terms of family. The gospel is about family. The gospel is about our father in heaven who so loved us that he longed and desired to have us come home and be back in relationship with him. That the son, Jesus, would bring many sons and daughters to salvation and that's what this beautiful message is about. He didn't send his son to say, okay, I've got this list of rules, okay. I've got this list of rules, and I just really need you to be a rule follower. But instead, he said, I, I, I sent the word of God that became flesh, that became relational, and I called him my son. He is my son. I am his father, and, and between this relationship, this love relationship, we are going to draw all men to ourselves because of love. The gospel is a gospel of love. It is the law of love. Love has now replaced the law through a man that came as a baby. And I love Jen's song, a savior that was born to die. And so when he came, he knew that he came. He left the place of being with the father in heaven. And he couldn't wait to come get us. I mean, think about what that conversation must have looked like as he left his father's side to become flesh now think about this for a minute. His fleshly nature was no longer temporary. 
He was the word of God that was in the beginning according to the book of John. He was in the beginning with God as the word. But he became flesh forever and all eternity. That he would be fully man and fully God for all eternity. So forever he will be made he is a fleshly man. So when we live with him in the earth in the millennial reign, guess what? He's going to have flesh. He's not going to be just spirit, but that spirit has been clothed with flesh. And so he came as a baby, and it was prophesied. And this, this story is not just, you know, it's so weird about Christmas because you get caught up in all of the dynamics that Christmas has to offer the Western world. You know, you get caught up in these stories of, of, of fantasy that is Santa and elves and trees and gifts and... Our poor children are like, wait, what? Okay, there's a Santa, and then there's a Jesus, and then there's a Christmas tree. There's like a live tree in our house. What's that all about? That, of course, dies after a week. I don't know about your tree, but my tree looks like a, a, an umbrella that closed, closed all around my ornaments, and I have to go in there and get them out. But So, so all of that isn't true. None of that. Right. Amen. <laughs> He's like, I know, right? I'm confused too. <laughs> but there's actually a story, a story that is historical, a story that actually happened. And it's weird because we look at this story and it's so supernatural that we almost don't believe it. How could these things be but through a supernatural God? And so I want to talk to you about the three things that happened and highlight them that were supernatural around Jesus' birth. And the first is the virgin birth. And it was prophesied in Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name and call his name Emmanuel. So a, so a virgin birth is going to happen. It's going to take place. Now imagine what it must have been like for Isaiah when he's prophesying this. Have you ever prophesied things and you're like, what am I saying exactly? A virgin birth. Let that sink in for a minute. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and we're going to read it. Luke chapter 1. I'm getting there. Verse 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee 
named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. That's important. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, Mary is 14 years old. Now, I mean, think about this. She's betrothed. She's excited about the fact that she's going to get married. She's in love with a man named Joseph. And so what is she doing? Those of you who, uh, who are engaged, what do you do? All of a sudden, your life gets hijacked and your whole family, I mean, everybody, it's like, we're planning a wedding. Everybody's planning a wedding. She's looking in the bridal magazines. She's trying to pick out her dress. Probably not, but you know what I mean. And so her heart is so there. All of a sudden, this angel breaks in on that timeline in her life and says, behold. And she's going, I'm so scared right now. What are you saying to me? And the angel says to her in verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called son of the highest The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have never known a man? How can this be? I have never known Joseph. I'm a virgin. How can this be? Now, back in those days, if you are in adultery, or if you are in sexual immorality, fornication, that is a reason to be stoned. That's a reason to die. So so the angel of the Lord is coming to her and he's saying, listen, I'm about to tell you something that has never happened before in history. There's no way that you can even imagine this. So, I mean, there's nothing to compare it to. It's a once in a lifetime, once in a historical lifetime event. So she's sitting there, 14 years old, betrothed to Joseph, you're going to have a baby. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to give birth to the Son of the living God. You're going to give birth to the Messiah, the one, the only. So going through her mind is everything. What is this going to mean? What is Joseph going to say? What's going to happen in my community when everybody finds out? I don't understand. And so he's telling her, don't be afraid. And she says to this, how can this be? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Okay, that's kind of heavy, little Mary. But you have found favor with God. This is such good news. But for her, there must have been like a... You know, like a, like a, what is this going to mean? I don't understand. When you're flooded with a surprise and this kind of information, I would imagine that her heart is racing and so is her mind. But he does this, and this is the kindness of God. In, in verse 36, he says, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. 
And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, okay, so she was just told, listen, you're not alone. You're not alone. Your cousin Mary has also experienced a similar, but not to the same degree, miracle. So she is also pregnant with a promise, even though yours is the son of God, but she is also pregnant with an impossible promise. Because in her latter years, just like it was with Sarah and Abraham, in her latter years, she has now conceived, which was impossible because her time for conception had passed. So she's, after she hears that, she thinks, okay, wait a minute. Somebody that I know, somebody that I'm related to, I can now gain comfort from, from Martha from, from knowing that she too is in a similar situation. So then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. God is so good that he has thought out every detail. And even as he planned and prophesied for John the Baptist to come and prepare a way for Jesus to go before Jesus with the word of the Lord and with his lifestyle, so he prepared uh, John the Baptist's mom to almost be a forerunner for Mary to have the courage to say yes let it be according to your word. She had no idea what the outcome of this would be, but she trusted the Lord in that place of the unknown. Amen. Amen. And she had to have known the prophecy. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. It is a sign. It is a sign to us. It is a sign if we have the courage, if we have the wisdom, and if we have the heart to begin to look for the signs, even in this hour that we live in, that we would be watching not just taking part of the culture of the day and of the age, but we would be watching God show us what are you saying and where is the sign? So the second sign or the second prophetic word, oh, let me read this prophecy before I do. I don't want to leave this. Um, Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7 to us, a child is born, and everybody knows this. It's kind of on their refrigerators, and, and it's on, on uh, Christmas cards, but it's so profound. For us, a child is born, and to us, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David, and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness righteousness from this time forward and forevermore the zeal of the uh, the zeal of the lord of hosts will do this and so on the throne of david david on the throne of david around the birth of jesus he keeps emphasizing about the throne of david that there will come a child that will be seated on the throne of david 
out of the tribe of Judah. This is so important because never before in the history of the Jewish people has a priest, a high priest, come out of the tribe of Judah and out of David's lineage. And so he's saying, this is so special. Pay attention. I promised David that there would be one that would be seated on his throne for all eternity. And it would come out of his lineage and out of his family. And these statements and prophecies and, and, the, and the historical fulfillment of it is, is the fulfillment of that promise. Now, God is faithful to you. If he said it, it's going to happen. He waited two to 3,000 years before this was fulfilled on the throne of David. But God is faithful to his word to complete it. Amen? So the second uh, sign was the sign of the star. And so you've got these three wise men, right? You've got these three, they're called the magi, which means that they're magicians. Hello? Guys, they're magicians. Think about that. They're soothsayers. They read the stars, and they probably go around telling people what the stars say. But lo and behold, they were actually the ones that were watching, they were the ones that were paying attention and they knew about the word and the promise and the prophecy. So when they began to see what was happening in the sky, they began to put two and two together and say, wait a minute, look up the word, look up the, the, the word in the Torah and let's see if these, this is true. And so they looked at this, uh, at this, uh, uh, word in Numbers 24, verse 17, it says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab. Moab means false worship and worldly thinking. It shall crush the forehead of false worship and worldly thinking, and it will break down all the sons of Sheth, which means antichrist or confusion. It will break down all of the sons of the antichrist, this star, this scepter. And so listen, this star actually wasn't a star. And so what the Magi were looking at is they were looking at these planets. They were looking at these two planets, and these two planets began to move. And they began to move closer and closer and closer together. One was Jupiter, and I think the other one was Venus. You can look it up. It's actually a great documentary on the Star of Bethlehem. There was a man back in the 1500s, he actually came up with the mathematical algorithm in order to uh, predate everything that happens in the sky because everything that happens in the sky with the stars and the circumference and the map of the stars is actually math. It's math, and if you do the math, it'll take you back to what was happening on that day and they've traced it back to uh, 1 A.D., when these stars came, or these, these, these planets came together, the beautiful thing about it is that here were the wise men, and they began to see these planets, and these planets began to come together, and then the planets began to move. 
And they began to follow them going east, understanding what the scripture said about Bethlehem. And so they're traveling, they're traveling, they're traveling. They even come to Herod. And what do they say? They say to Herod, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews so that we can bow down and worship him. Herod's like, wait a minute, what? King of the Jews, wait, I'm the king. Let's get this right. I'm the king. I'm the only king. There's another king. And so he has his people go and begin to research it. And lo and behold, what do you know? Uh-oh, there's supposed to be a king that's born. These magicians are saying that the stars, and they're looking out and they can see the same star. Let me tell you how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem. It's six miles. I mean, there's not like a whole lot of difference. So they follow, follow, follow. They keep going. They went like 7,000 miles from where they originally were. These three wise men. So they're on these camels. Oh my gosh, 7,000 miles on a camel. I cannot even imagine that. I mean, you better have a cushy saddle or something or a chiropractor on the other end, right? So anyway, they're, they're riding the camels. They finally get there. And guess what happens when they get to Bethlehem? The planets stop over Bethlehem. What? That's so cool. You have to watch this documentary. It will blow your mind. There will be a Messiah born who will be the king of the nation of Israel, and he will be born in Bethlehem. So the third sign is the city of Bethlehem. In Micah 5.2, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. All right, so you've got... Let's see, do I want to read? Yeah, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And there were, they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, when we're singing that song, Christ is the Lord, how many of you can feel that all the way to your toes? I mean, there's something about the declaration of this hour and this day and this time that we celebrate that when you say with all your heart, Christ is the Lord, it actually does something because you're, you are celebrating not only with all of the saints that are in heaven, all of the angels that have said this and are still saying this, but you're saying it with all of the believers on the earth. Christ is the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And this will be a sign, again, a sign to you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there will be the angel, a multitude, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. All right, so the, 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 the curtain in heaven just gets pulled back, and all of a sudden there's this symphony of angels, and they are all singing the song, glory to God in the highest. Can you imagine being those little shepherd guys? Like, what? Are you seeing this? That is incredible. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. So, so who were they? They became witnesses of not only the, the sign that led them to the child, but they came, became witnesses of everything that they had seen. And so they began to testify about the, 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 not just the star, but they began to testify about the angels and the symphony of the angels and what they said to them. And you have to ask yourself, how did Joseph and Mary even end up in Bethlehem? Well, because it was prophesied. They're not from Bethlehem. They're from Galilee. That's where they live. But because the spirit of the Lord moved on Caesar, uh, Caesar to, to take a census during that time, guess what happened? They had to go to Bethlehem. And so everybody during that time were moving around. Nobody was where they typically are. Everybody had to leave the place where they were and go to the original place of their birth. And Joseph was of the line of David. He had to go back to the city of David because Jesus had to be born in the city of David because God made a promise to King David that on his throne, a child would be born. So here were the witnesses. You have the wise men who witnessed it. You have the shepherds who witnessed it. And now turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And so after Jesus was born, some time goes by and they go into Jerusalem because they realize he's the firstborn male. And as he's the firstborn male, there has to be a sacrifice that they give um, because he's, he's the firstborn men in, in the uh, tradition, in the Jewish law, in the Jewish tradition, has to be uh, sanctified to God. And so he has to be given to the Lord because he's now the holy one unto the Lord. So in verse 25, it says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, or waiting for to see the Messiah, 
um, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, this guy was like ancient of days, very old, and had had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And so I want you to look at that, that, that here was a man, again, what is he doing? He's watching he was a man who was faithful that all of his life he had been watching for the Christ to come. And when Jesus showed up as a baby, he recognized him. Why? Why? Because he was watching. Because he was looking for him. Because he knew prophetically that God had already spoken to him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. So you have these people that are watching. Think about it. You've got, you've got the magicians. So for us, this would be the people in witchcraft, the people who are in New Age, the New Agers, what are they doing? They spend all of their time, you know, rubbing rocks together. I don't know, looking at rocks, looking at signs, looking at the sky. But God said, I created the stars. I told you that there would be signs in the heavens. Acts 2 Look at the stars. There will be signs in the stars. Because the truth is, beloved, he may have come the first time as a baby, but he's coming back again. And he told us that before he comes to make ourselves ready and be prepared to be looking for the signs of his return, that we could see the signs in a generation. All of those signs are in this Bible for those of us who spend the time to go and seek them out. And then we get in prayer and we're going, God, reveal to us. I want to know the times. I want to know the seasons. I want to be ready and prepared with oil in my lamp so that when you show up, God, I am ready and my household is prepared. Because the next time he comes, he's not coming as a baby. He's coming as a lion and he's going to destroy everything that stands in the way of his people. He's going to take that demon and throw that demon, that Satan, in a lake of fire. And we're going to rule and reign with him for a thousand years on the earth with peace and love and joy. And there will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow. And so we have to be looking for the signs that we would be a witness in the earth today, seeking, watching, waiting, but fully prepared in our hearts, fully prepared with our eyes. Amen? So this morning, I just was, I was praying and, and I was thinking about and, and just asking the Lord, God, what do you want to do today? You know, I mean, there's so, he's got a treasure trove of himself. How do you want to give yourself away today? 
how do you want to touch us today, God? Because I, because you know, we're going into this, you know, Christmas, we're going to be eating a lot and lots of little Debbies, you know, those little Christmas tree little Debbies, right? It's a beautiful thing. Okay, I have to tell you this really cool story. So uh, last night, John, I had this whole box of little Debbie Christmas trees. I'm not kidding you. And uh, it's kind of a thing with us. And uh, so I opened it up, and or John brought me one. And I said, no, 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 I can't eat this. You know, it's filled with sugar and flour and preservatives. And John just looked at me, and he goes, no, baby. It's filled with wonder. <laughs> Definitely one of his finer moments. <laughs> that Christmas tree went straight down the gullet. I'm not even sure I chewed. I was just like, okay, you're right, it is. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but you know, as we, um, <clears throat> some of us have, you know, families who can be a little prickly. So you get together around the dinner table with them or Christmas and, and, and there's, there's a lot of feelings and emotions that go along with that. And so I just, I really wanted to pray towards that end. But I also uh, just want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus, I just believe that today's your day. You know, there was a time in my life when I used to go to church at Christmas because I was an American Christian. I didn't know Jesus, but I loved the tradition of Christmas church. But I think that the Lord has so much more for you. He loves you. And the truth is, is that he died so that you can have a relationship with him. And I'm not talking about, oh, hey, uh, 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 an acquaintance. But I'm talking about love. And when you fall in love like this and you encounter love like this, what happens is it changes your heart. It cha he changed my heart. And my life has never been the same. And, you know, John asked me recently, he said, I want to ask you a question, Tracy. Are you fully you? Are you fully you? Do you feel like you've let go of all that stuff that kept you from being fully alive as you? And I said, you know what? I feel like I'm almost there and I feel alive. I feel alive because of Jesus, Jesus and his love. And he knew he was confident in his love that he could get us to the fullness of himself in us, but that we would fully really just be us and how we were created by God that we wouldn't try to hide anymore, that we wouldn't feel insecure, and we would be at the, in, in, a, in a service singing and howling like a dog, but you think, I don't care. I just have to worship him. I have to scream at the top of my lungs. I love you. I love you. 
Thank you. I didn't realize it was like this. And so if that's you today, if you want to have love like that, love that transforms, love that helps, love that counsels, love that teaches, love that provides, love that keeps you safe. There is a man who said, help me help, me help you. I'm here. And so Jesus, I just thank you for the good news, the good news of peace, that you came to bring peace to the earth, that you came to bring justice to the earth, God. I thank you, God, that we could trust your leadership even as we go into our, our families that aren't saved and, and who are all prickly, God. Thank you. I ask you to pour out your grace on this season for us. Even for those of us who may have bad Christmas memories, would you pour out your grace, God? God, I ask you that you would give us, show us ways to love those who are so unlovely. Give us ways to reach out and to bless those who have rejected us. And we thank you, Jesus, for coming and getting us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the firstborn from the dead forever. And so we bless you in Jesus' name. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you would like to partner with us, you can visit storehousedallas.com forward slash give, or you can send a text message with an amount to 84321. Thank you very much for your contributions.